Read John 15, 26. When the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will also testify about me. So Jesus will send the comforter from the Father. So no, again, God is the Father and Jesus sends the comforter. Yeah, so none of which, yeah, I will send, none of which Islam believes. Islam does not believe God is the Father, let alone the Father of Jesus. And if you say, like some Muslims, I'm not you, that this is the comforter, you just prove Jesus is Muhammad's God because Jesus sends the comforter. But if Muhammad is the comforter and Allah sent him, but Jesus sends the comforter, that means Jesus is the God who sent Muhammad. So aren't you worshiping Jesus as your Allah? <laughs> Very slick. The one where it says, "Eat the book will be given to him." Isaiah twenty nine twelve, right? Go to Isaiah twenty nine twelve. Then the book is delivered to the one who is illiterate, saying, "Read this, please." And he will. And he says, "I am not literate." See, that's Muhammad, brother, brother, Allahu Akbar, prophecy of Nabi Karim, Allahu Akbar. All right, so this is the prophecy, right? Yes. Okay, now can you read verse eleven for me? The whole vision has become to you like the word, words of a book that is sealed, which men deliver to one who is literate, saying, read this, please. And he says, I cannot read, for it is sealed. Okay, so now you have a person saying, I can't read this book, it's sealed. So now in verse 12, it says that the people are also likened to someone who's given a book, but he's illiterate and he can't read it. And he says, I can't read. If that's Muhammad, then who is the other prophet in verse 11? The one who can read, but the book is sealed and he can't read it because it can't be opened. So how many prophets are coming? According to their logic so, um, so far too um, so now Muhammad is one who's the other then where's that prophet that came and saying hey uh this book is sealed I can't read it uh, I'm not sure because it doesn't exist because it's not a prophecy of a prophet that's the point read 11 one more time the whole vision has become to you like the words notice book the vision listen to it the visions become to you Israel like a man who's given a book that's sealed and he can't read it, like a man who's illiterate and can't read. It's likening Israel to a person who's illiterate, dumb, or a person that can't have access to the book because it's sealed up. And you took that as a prophecy of Muhammad. But since you're in the book of Isaiah, you agree that if you're going to quote a, a Bible book, that the prophet to come will have to agree with the theology of the book, right? I mean, here, Isaiah is a prophet. He's not going to prophesy the coming of a prophet that contradicts his theology, right? Oh, we shouldn't know. Okay. Now go to Isaiah 63, 16. Doubtless you are our father through Abraham. Though Abraham was ignorant of us and Israel does not acknowledge us, you, O Lord, are our father, our redeemer from everlasting is your, is your name. So is Muhammad's God Allah a father to his people? No, he isn't. But Isaiah says... Yahweh, the true God, Jehovah, is our father. So now you're going to convince me that Isaiah prophesied a prophet who says his God is a father to no one, whereas Isaiah's God is a spiritual father to his people and he has spiritual children. How does that work? Go to Isaiah 64, verse 8. But now, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are the you are our potter and all and all we are the work of your hand. So again, you are our father who made us, who created us and saves us. So you are a spiritual father. We are your spiritual children. How do you want me to believe that Isaiah is going to prophesy a man who says Allah is a father to no one. We're only his slaves. He's our master. When Isaiah's God is a spiritual father who has spiritual children that he begets spiritually, not sexually. And you're trying to convince me Isaiah prophesied that man. Yeah, that makes sense. Go to Isaiah 10. When you get there, read 20 to 21. And it shall come to pass in that day that the remnant of Israel and such as have and such as have escaped of the house of Jacob 
will never again depend on him who defeated them, but will depend on the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, in truth. The remnants will return, the remnant of Jacob, the, to the mighty God. Okay, so the remnant will return to the mighty God. Who's the mighty God there? The true God, the Lord, Jehovah, right? Yes. Now, an Israelite cannot have more than one true God. How many mighty gods are there for Isaiah? One God. One God, right? So there's only one mighty God? Yes. Can I read Isaiah 9, verses 6 to 7? For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So a child is born. Wait, wait, before you go on. A child is born who's the Mighty God? Yes. But you just admit for Isaiah, there's only one mighty God. That's the true God, the Lord Jehovah. So you're saying Isaiah, the prophet says the true God will be born as a baby, a child, a human baby. Um, yes. And disagrees with Muhammad and the Quran. No, it does not. Now, but keep reading to seven, because I'm going to show you how the Jews interpret Isaiah nine. I'm going to give you the link in a minute, but now keep reading to seven. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward even forever the zeal of the lord of hosts will perform this okay now i just gave them and i'm going to give you a link to the english translation of the aramaic paraphrase of isaiah 9 a group of jews not christians the early centuries around the time of christ translated the hebrew testament into aramaic they're not Christians, and they translate Aramaic. It's called the Targum of Jonathan. Go to pages 30 to 31. Now I'm going to read who this child is according to the Jews, not Christians. The prophet said to the house of David, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and he has taken the law upon himself to keep it. His name is called from eternity, wonderful, the mighty God who liveth to eternity, the Messiah. This child is called wonderful, the mighty God who lives forever, the Messiah, whose peace shall be great upon us in his day. So even the Jews interpreted this prophecy as about Messiah, Mashiach, Arabic El Messiah, and saying that it's the Messiah who's the mighty God that lives forever and sits on David's throne. It's there in front of your eyes. I didn't make this up. This is the Aramaic paraphrase of the Old Testament translated in English. So even the Jews confirm this is about Messiah. And yet Muhammad said Jesus is the Messiah. But the Messiah for Isaiah is the mighty God being born as a baby, becoming a child, being human, the God-man. And this is in Isaiah over 700 years before the birth of Jesus. The Jews said it's about the Messiah. The New Testament says Jesus Messiah. And Muhammad said Jesus is the Messiah. We just buried Muhammad to the pit of hell. And this is the book you want to quote to convince me Isaiah prophesied Muhammad, who contradicts all that Isaiah taught. And then we have the issue of, uh, of Abraham and Ishmael and so on. Yeah, let, let me tie in with Kedar, with Abraham Ishmael. Now, uh, Isa, can you show yes. me in the Quran, show me in the Quran where it says Ishmael or Abraham, they're the ancestors of Muhammad, or where it says that Kedar is the ancestor of Muhammad. Can you show me that Muhammad okay. is an Ishmaelite from the okay. Quran? Okay, yeah. Uh, from the Quran, I cannot, because at the end of the day, the Quran is the message to, to us, right? But what Isa, I can let me just interject real quickly. Yes. The Quran also gives you the genealogy of people because if you go to okay. chapter 3 of the Quran, verses 33, you read all the way down, it says that Mary is the daughter of Imran, her mother is the wife of Imran, Jesus is a family from the family of Imran. So the mm -hmm. Quran does give you the family tree. So but you okay. can't find in the Quran, right? That yeah, I, Ishmael, right? Do not believe so, no. Okay, now because you're going to go to the hadith. Now this is going to go back to Genesis. The same Genesis in Genesis 21:21 21, 21, says that 
Ishmael's mother settled. They settled in the wilderness of Paran. Mm -hmm. She went to Egypt. She went to Egypt and got him a wife. If you're going to go to the Hadith, which is about 100 years after the death of your prophet, the Hadith contradict Genesis 21:21 because it says that he married a woman from the tribe of Jurhum. So since you went to Genesis to prove your point, can you show me in Genesis that Ishmael had an Arabian wife, a wife from the tribe of Jurhum who are Arabs, as opposed to a wife from Egypt because he had no Arabian wife. His wife was Egyptian. Okay. Uh, well, first off, God knows God knows what really happened, of course. But yeah, as you said, the Bible says one thing and the Hadith say another. And of course, in history, you can't have both. So one is wrong and one is right. And I, I'm I'm an honest man. And that's where it all comes down to to faith, of course, right? So that's whether you want to believe it. One is right and then one is wrong. Now I'm not saying the the complete Bible is wrong, right? But what I am saying is. Uh, we know the hadith. There are certain hadith that are very authentic, and then you have those that are not. Now, I don't know the uh, the authenticity of the one you quoted, and yeah. uh, even if it is uh, authentic, of course, people make mistakes. Bukhari. Yeah, yeah. It's from Bukhari, uh, so you don't get more authentic. But remember you yeah. said, Isa, remember you started it. I'm going to repeat your words. Yeah. The Quran, Quran, Quran has to correspond to the Bible. Now you're saying, yeah. now you're questioning its authority. But you said it has to cor correspond to the Bible. So we can't say the Bible's wrong if the Quran has to correspond to the Bible. So is there anywhere in Genesis, which you refer to, because you used Genesis to prove that Ishmael is part of the covenant. There's a blessing yes. for Ishmael, and that extends to Muhammad. Where does it say Ishmael married an Arab? He married an Egyptian. And Muhammad doesn't have Egyptian blood, does he? Well, it's it's important to understand that. Okay, well, you addressed a lot. Let me let me see how I want to answer this. Okay, so it's important to understand that in terms of the covenant. Why do I believe Ishmael is part of the covenant? Because he was he was circumcised first, and the sign of the covenant is circumcision, right? So he was circumcised first, and I believe uh, in terms of uh, Ishmael marrying an Egyptian. Now I know today Egypt is an is an Arab country, but of course it's not. It's an Arab majority country, but it's not in uh, it's not in Arabia, right? So, um, in terms of Ishmael marrying a, an Egyptian, uh, I don't. It, of course, I I wouldn't know how to answer uh, that, fine. but but my my interpretation would be I wouldn't see how uh, that would affect his direct line because it doesn't matter who Ishmael's marrying, it's still what whoever whatever kids he has, it's still the lineage, still the same line. It affects it because it shows that Ishmael had nothing to do in, in siring Muhammad being the ancestor because Ishmael was not in Mecca, he didn't marry an Arab, he was in the wilderness Paran and geographically that's by Egypt and Canaan, it's not in Mecca or Medina yeah. and he married an Egyptian so that's why I'm still waiting for the proof that there's some okay. concrete proof before the Quran, before Islam that said Ishmael went to Mecca married not just okay. one but two women from the tribe of Jurhum. but now you mentioned circumcision and this is what i tell people we can't have our cake and eat it too in genesis 17 the very chapter you cited to prove that ishmael was circumcised first says there's no covenant with ishmael that's the same chapter that was genesis 17. i'll give you the reference so wait, you want to write it down yeah because i'm going to read it for you genesis okay. 17. go to okay. genesis 17 because that's where it says ishmael was circumcised okay so you go to genesis 17 from verses 9 to 14 Mm -hmm. Genesis 17 verses 9 to 14 there it's we're told Ishmael was circumcised but let's finish it I'm gonna read now for you 15 okay. to 21 I'm gonna read that because you refer to it I'm just going by what you're referring to yeah okay so Genesis 17 15 to 21 I'm gonna read it for you slowly 
Mm-hmm. And so we start at 15, read with me. What translation are you reading? Let's see, uh, this this is a New American Bible. I don't know if it's okay. St. Joseph edition. It's, okay, it's a very, let me get that for you. I'll read it for you because I want to read okay. the same Bible. Hold on, let me get there. Okay. God further said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, do not call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and I will give you a son by her. Her also will I bless. She will give rise to nations and rulers of peoples will issue from her. Abraham fell, fell face down and laughed and he said to himself, can a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? Can Sarah give birth at 90? So Abraham said to God, if only Ishmael could live in your favor. God replied, even so, your wife Sarah is to bear you a son, and you shall call him Isaac. It is with him that I will maintain my covenant as an everlasting covenant and with descendants after him. Now as for Ishmael, I will heed you. I hereby bless him, and I will make him fertile and will multiply him exceedingly. He'll become the father of 12 chieftains, and I will make of him a great nation. But, the same chapter, my covenant I will maintain with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you by this time next year. So the chapter that you referred to, where Ishmael circumcised, it says, the covenant is with Isaac and his descendants, not with Ishmael. I'll make him a great nation, but the covenant is not with him. Okay. So do you accept this? Well, I, I mean, I was wrong, of course. Uh, I made it's a mistake. Okay. But I do have a point, though. So, so this covenant... Can you refresh my memory? This is the covenant uh, of the nation. The covenant of, where God would make Abraham a great nation, give him yes. the land of Canaan, through which God's blessings to bless all yes. the nations would come through. And he says it's with Isaac and his descendants. So okay. says right there in that chapter, yeah? Yeah, so that's, um, that would be for the land of, of uh, Canaan. That's, that's correct, right? The not, land of Canaan. not only that, no, no. Okay, the what's... covenant includes part of the blessing, the land of Canaan, okay. but it's more than that. It is the laws and the blessings that would come okay. to the nations would come through Isaac's seed, and that's yeah. fulfilled in Jesus. So, But there is no covenant with Ishmael, because you're saying there is. He says, no, the covenant was Isaac, not with Ishmael. Okay, yeah, that, that's good that we pointed that out. So um, the covenant of that, that's explaining that the prophets come through through uh, Isaac's line, is essentially what you're saying. Well, more comes... than that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And more than that, of course, that, that's that's one of the points. That is, ju but just because there isn't a covenant with Ishmael, does, does that necessarily mean a prophet can't come out of that line? Yeah. You know? no, I'm, I'm just addressing what you said. Yeah, you said the covenant includes Ishmael, but so now we agree there's no covenant. Yeah, okay, I right? yeah, I made a mistake then. Okay, that's 